Hello, this is Alan Carr, and you're listening to People Do Fun Jobs with Mr. Winter. Hello. Finally, I'm delighted to welcome you to Series 2 of People Do Fun Jobs. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. My podcast is all about finding inspiring people, doing fun things and hearing how they do what they do. It's here to show you alternative ways to love what you do and ultimately live a happy life. On this episode, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the nation's favourite, Alan Carr, yes, the Alan Carr, came on and we chat about his career. There's Michelle Visage, there's RuPaul, and then me. It looked like being in a very gay post office. Because <laughs> we're all in those little <laughs> boobs that we were the perspex. Judging people. Yeah. Judging, and I do that so well. Life before comedy superstardom. When I worked in a call centre and at Tesco Brent Cross, the people would ring up and go, is this a woman? Who are you? Why are you talking like this? I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> and there's all went, is this a hoax? I was like, you phoned me. And Alan reveals for him what the meaning of life is. I read it in the front of a book somewhere years ago and it sort of stuck with me. And it's sort of my little motto. I might get it tattooed on my forehead or something. It's all here right now on Mr Winter. Let's go. Am I right or am I right, Jeremy Love? People do fun jobs. Brought to you by Mr Winter. Let's go. So welcome to People Do Fun Jobs, Alan. Thank you. And I do do a fun job. You do. I was going straight into that, Alan. You are a comedian, presenter, podcast host, writer. Icon. Uh, <laughs> icon legend. <laughs> <laughs> Self-proclaimed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a dick. No, I am all those things. Thank you. Oh, and as David Brent would say, all-round entertainer. I wouldn't say entertainer. Well, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, it's weird, isn't it, how it how it sort of all happens and stuff because that's not you know when I worked in a call centre and at Tesco Brent Cross I mean I've got literally no skills if I was cancelled I'd be fucked because I've got nothing else to do (laughs) that's why my goal is to not get (laughs) cancelled in the foreseeable future because if I have to go back to that call centre I mean I've no skills got no skills at all I know, but people would also clock on that they were probably connected to Alan Carr. But might do, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even when I was not famous, when I was on in the call centre, people would ring up and go, is this a woman? Who are you? Why are you talking like this? I'm like, excuse me. And there's all went, is this a hoax? I was like, you phoned me. You know, and it's like, and it was so funny because... Uh, up in Manchester, that's where we did it. And oh, back then, you know, we just used to get fucking flip it. Sorry, can you swear? <laughs> you on can it? swear on it. You get fucking hammered all the time, and then it'd be extra money on a Saturday. It'd be time and a half. So sometimes you'd like be doing the walk of shame to like the call centre, and I'd be on lost and stolen. But you could be really judgmental of people who'd lost their cars, even though you were like basically been sick in a bin. <laughs> you know, like so. Where did you lose your card, Matt? Oh, okay. <laughs> what was the last thing on it? You're yeah. really 
judgmental, making them feel bad, and little did they know you were like. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me for a second. Yeah, okay, I've cancelled your card, madam. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed Lost and Stolen. It was quite funny because you'd get all the backstories. Oh my god! And then I led, and I, you know, two tequilas, and then I put my handbag down. It was missing, and it was a bit of drama because it yeah. is boring working in a call centre. Yeah, but probably gave you some good material to start with, right? It did, and it's funny because um, when when I first started doing stand-up, I was sort of, call centres were a new thing, and I worked in them there, and um, so I was kind of, for the first time ever, I was quite a trendy comedian. I was quite like, Alan's got his finger on the pulse, zeitgeist. Talking about. <laughs> now I'm sort of seen as a bit end of the pier and stuff, but back then it was like a hot topic because I was talking because I worked in them I worked in the call centre and um, I don't know how much you want to go into it but uh, at the beginning people don't know this about stand-up comedy but the first two years you're basically doing it for free and you might get five pound petrol then this is back in 2001 you might get you know um, five pound petrol or ten pound you wouldn't didn't get paid so I had a lovely woman called Judy who um, was my um, woman at the call centre she'd let me go home a little bit early if I had a gig so I could jump on the train and do it and then come back so I was juggling two jobs and then this is how I got in the telly do you want to hear this go on this is like proper in the right place at the right time. E4, do you remember E4? That's still going, E4. There was a part called the gay computer and I was inside this this pink box (laughs) <laughs> and you had celebrity guests and I was like, hello, the gay computer. And this is, you know, you know when you just t- take any job, you know how desperate you are. I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the gay computer like that. And so um, so I come out the box going, God, my life is shit. Is this what you're reduced to? I'm going back to the call centre. And then my agent rings up because I start getting an agent. Alan, 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 the warm-up man for Jonathan Ross is is ill. He's got the shits. Thank God for that. I know. Can you step in last minute? I said, what, what, what? And I'm all sweaty. I've been like, on my knees in this pink box as a gay computer. <laughs> so I turn up there and it was one of those weird things, Jeremy, that I ripped the roof off and I'm not being up. But I did. It was one of those things. I could hear Jonathan laughing behind the thing. Oh, remember the four puffs on the piano? Oh, yeah. They were laughing. The yes. audience were laughing. So then I go back to the call centre because, I mean, used to give me Thursday off. So I went up there and then, um, yeah, and this is how old it is. Now you've got email on your phone. I went to an easy, easy internet cafe. Could you log in? Oh, like an internet cafe? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you didn't have it on your phone (laughs) back then. And then I'm clicking down, I'm scrolling for all the crap. And then he goes, Jonathan Ross, he wants you to be the regular warm-up guy. Can you believe that? And then I was there for two years. From the gay computer to the four puffs. I know. <laughs> I know my story is pretty gay. A it is a gay story. <laughs> but no, but then, no, it was so, so what a weird day. I mean, I was, they lift up this pink cat flap and I was shoved in. Right, Alan, you're the gay computer now. And um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, God, my life's rubbish. And then that happened. But then it that was so weird, you know, with the Jonathan Ross, because... You know, I'd be doing stand-up at night for no money, sometimes, you know, 30 quid, 40 quid, and if you're lucky, you train fare home. And then on every Thursday, Paul Newman, Janet Jackson, Coldplay, Elton John, Jane Fonda, Angelina Jolie, David Bowie. And then I'd be like, next day, hello, Preston. <laughs> yeah. And then when I got chatty, man, Jonathan Ross came on my show. I mean, it was so surreal. I mean, what? Yeah, life's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. What a lovely thing to do for him to come on my show. 
So you're in the right place at the right time, but you put yourself in the right place, right? Well, it depends on what you think about fate. But listen, listen, when I was shoved in that pink gay computer, I thought I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, in the wrong body, <laughs> in the wrong pink box, in the wrong gay computer. But, isn't it funny? That's what life's like, isn't it? Before you know it. You're rubbing shoulders. Well, I say rubbing shoulders with Jane Fonda. I was told to move. I just sort of like, I just hung around in the uh, in the, in the corridor because I only came on at five minutes at the beginning to warm up the audience. And then when Jonathan needed a wee, he'd go, Alan, I need a wee. And then they'd wheel me out. And I'd go, hello, like that. So it was such a wonderful time. It was so like, And then, you know, that sounded like a complete wanker now, but I do meet celebrities and do it but then back then that was a real you know you know leaving the call center and then you just got nicole kidman walking by and then all that yeah where am i ricky ricky martin or something like what (laughs) janet jackson you know what there's there's no more vomiting at that point no 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 but the thing (laughs) about paul newman is um obviously huge fan of paul all paul newman wanted to talk about was that salad dressing he made so he was just trying to sell that yeah and Jonathan Ross is like, can we talk about cat on a hot yeah. tin roof? <laughs> no. And then he'd say, oh, can you tell us about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? He goes, hey, that film was good, but not as good as my mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, well, no one gives a shit about your mayonnaise. Oh, you fucking sell out. I know, but that, I mean, apparently it's a big sell. It's still going, the mayonnaise. And I've had it and it's nice. Well, I'm glad his kids are being, you know, looked <laughs> yeah. after. Ka-ching. So back in 2001, let's take you back to that year, Alan. Mm-hmm. This is roughly when you sort of started comedy. You started winning awards. That's when you broke through, right? That's yeah. when people started to notice mm-hmm. you. Now, how how do you think your comedy and and how comedy has changed since you started? There's a bit of a cancel culture, like you said earlier, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think that you don't really, really get cancelled. I mean, I mean, like ourselves, like Harvey Weinstein, he should get cancelled. But I mean, you say something, you, you still come back. I mean, I've, I think about this cancel culture. I mean, th- th- there are some people who are genuine, their heart is in the right place. And I believe cancel culture, honestly, you know what? You're quite repugnant. I hate your views. You're like, you're homophobic, anti-Semitic, Islamophobic. Fuck off. We don't need your views. But then as always, there is someone who exploits it because they want to cancel someone's career because they don't like you. I mean, that's that's the one that really pisses you off. But I feel like now it's so weird celebrity now because, you know, everyone bangs on about single use plastic. They're making celebrities single use. <laughs> if we don't, if we say something wrong, we're just discarded, thrown in the bin. I want to be, I want to be an Evian bottle that keeps coming back. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? I mean, why can we have single use plastic and not single use celebrity? I think Thank we should you. start I'm a like, campaign, Alan. I'm like a fat gay Greta Thunberg. <laughs> no, but it's true though. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah Some yeah, people yeah. should be cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, we all say things. But you're on tour at the moment. Do you feel like you can? Your jokes can be whatever you want them to be and the jokes you've always made. I'm I'm old school and I feel like I'm a working class boy, so I don't push the... I'm cheeky. I say things that get it all like that. I'm not one of those... Because I'm a bit old school, I believe, on a Friday, Saturday night. Everyone's worked hard. Let's have a laugh. I'd hate anyone to, like, end up crying or, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Or going, oh, no, I can't believe... I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, you can't say some things. But then, you know, then you've got that ridiculous culture where you get WhatsApp group, don't you, where people, you get the most 
horrible stuff, Sammy. I don't know about you, but I've got some really love to take a look through your phone. No, well, they've gone onto me fucking camera roll now, so I'm showing people my holiday, and then they're things some real absolute a filth and politically correct, incorrect shit. So like, I need to get that changed because it goes through. Get that changed. Keep that pin on your phone. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. That's the only thing I worry about if my phone goes missing. What's in the WhatsApp group? But you know that you don't. We don't want it. I mean, you know, if if you're if you're laughing at politically incorrect things on your WhatsApp phone and really distasteful shit, then you need to just zip it about cancel culture because you probably are the problem. Ooh, powerful statement. It is Look powerful. You really should start that campaign. Do you know what? I hate cancel culture, but I hate hypocrisy more. Mm. You know, mm. and if you're secretly trolling people, then moaning about it. Yeah, you need to sort your own shit out. <laughs> Which camera look at that? Yeah, yeah no, you! <laughs> you shitty troll. <laughs> <laughs> and so you kindly had me and my friend along to one of your work in progress gigs. Yes. That was in Brighton. Thank you. And we loved it. It was so funny. And Oh, did you? Because I, I had did. a friend come and they were pissing themselves laughing. I found out he was on Magic Mushroom. <laughs> You do not need magic mushrooms. No, to enjoy you it. do not need drugs when you come and see Alan Carr. Absolutely, it's not. classic comedy. Yeah, it's you get your money's worth. You do. You have a laugh, don't yeah, you? Yeah. But we loved. We lo- <laughs> I loved the Celine Dion stuff. I loved when you started getting like, it's the well, slapstick. That's a true story, isn't it? Yeah, meeting her backstage. Yeah. Well, um, well, this is old news now. But um, Adele. This is, I've told this story so many times, and people always complain about me name dropping Adele. But <laughs> we love people, Adele. People love Adele, and I would do an hour. I recently did an hour of chat about COVID, how it affects comedy, getting back in there, how my mum and dad are coping, I'm missing my family, missing holidays. I mentioned one sentence. Went, oh, I've heard Adele's new album. Next thing you know, I've heard Adele's new album, and I'm like. People must just think I go, wait, there, I got Adele gossip. Roll up, roll up. <laughs> but um, yes, she, she paid for our um, wedding and she got ordained and she married me and Paul. And as a surprise, she took us to Vegas to see Celine. And this is what my stand up is all about. I never have themes. That's why critics always have a moan. I don't like themes. I just, I have my book. And when the book's filled, I, it's very anecdotal, isn't it? Mm, it's just mm. shit that's happened to me. Yeah, exactly. That's my shtick. Super Hasn't relatable. Just, yeah, there's yeah. no, I'm not going to change the world. No government's going to collapse. <laughs> Nothing about Syria or anything. It's yeah. just things that happen to me. Anecdotal. I want to have that feel that you're all sitting around a table and we're all having a giggle and a laugh at a dinner party. Yeah. That's my thing. And I think that's why people love you, right? Because you're... Yes, you, they you do. With, you get on with everyone, and if, even if people haven't met you, I think they feel like they know you. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is that, that here listen is worth. I hate people like, well, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who want to spit at me when they see me, but <laughs> most people are lovely. So let's talk about how we actually know each other, because we mm. both worked on Interior Design Masters. That's right, love. You are the presenter of it, mm-hmm. uh, the, the BBC smash hit show. Thank you, darling. It's been moved to BBC One, which it is has, always lovely. Which I think you're largely responsible for. Oh, that's very nice. So tell everyone what, what Interior Design Masters is. Yeah, well, it's this show. It was um, interior, people might know it from um, Fern Cotton, who did series one. Oh, Absolutely right. brilliant. And then she couldn't do it anymore because of a podcast or something. So they stepped in with me and I was like, oh, OK, because, you know, you always just hate doing that kind of thing. 
But I love interior design and I loved uh, I loved watching Fern on it. And I thought, well, actually, I'd really like this show. So I did do it. And I'm really glad I did because it has just got such a warm, lovely show. And it was like going back to what I was saying before about being in the right place at the right time. During a pandemic, we are staring at four walls. It sort of is... You know, it was—it sort of made sense. You know, everyone now, you know, B and Q and all that—they're running out of stock because everyone's stuck in their house. Faux botanicals, every rugs, yeah. you name it, <laughs> soft furnishings, and it's just—it came at the right time. And do you know what? I mean, I'm—I'm I'm always get nervous. I never watch stuff when it comes out because I'm always hiding behind the sofa because I always get. You don't watch good. it. You no, no, I do. Stuff. I do watch it now, but I don't watch it when it comes out because I'm so nervous. But when the BBC, it was called Interior Design Masters, when they said with Alan Carr, they changed the title. I went, oh, that's a good sign. Because that means it must be good. Yeah. Unless they want to really derail my career. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're on uh, your side. With Alan Carr. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so that was nice. But I mean, it's you know what the show is. It's so lovely and great, isn't it? And then in the one that's coming out in January, I can touch people which sounds wrong but I know <laughs> you know because when people went in the first time I did it you couldn't hug them because of COVID yeah. and they're crying going this is my dream and I'm going home and you're like bye bitch <laughs> but, but you know but now I can hug them yeah and it's so nice so you can lovely. put your arm around them because it is such a warm lovely show that that's the one thing missing but I mean it was so nice not to do it in pandemic because you know people there is a girl who stands there with a two meter stick who will just like ram it in your stomach if you get too yeah. close so I mean we were the all show very went on. good yeah the show went on and no one got COVID touch yeah. wood it yes. was amazing yeah and how are you with interior design if we come around Alan's house for a cup of tea uh, will our drawers drop to the floor? Will your drawers drop, drop, or jaws? Did, what did I say? Draw. Uh, no, I'm joking. Will our jaw drop? <laughs> your drawers will drop. Um, <laughs> but that's nothing to do with interior design. I don't. I live in a brothel. <laughs> no, um, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shit at anything like that. I mean, at least I can light a candle and put, uh, put um, you know. Put some object dar out, but no, I don't know that. The tra- I mean, can we talk about how amazing the tradespeople are on it? Yeah, not the biggest budget in the world. Yeah, working round the clock, they are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, they are so. I mean, because some of the places, well, let's not name and shame, but some of the places are shitty, <laughs> and you know, some of them are really transformed. So, I mean, they are genius. I mean, that for me is like witchcraft. Looking at that, yeah, you know, putting up a bloody painting, I'm like, wow. How have you done that? I mean, just with a hammer and a nail. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Mr. Winter. You are listening to Mr. Winter here on People Do Fun Jobs. Did you know you can also watch full interviews and clips of my podcast? I put them out on YouTube and my socials. Head to mrwinterworld.com for all the links. Best way to keep up to date with the show and everything else I get up to is by following me on Insta at Mr. Winterworld. I would love it if you could give this episode a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. But between me and you, just be nice. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Let's go. Friday Night Project I want to talk about now. Oh my God, you're going right back now. I'm going right back, but that's where I first discovered you mm-hmm. and i i absolutely loved that show like so many people did for me that time in telly was like the golden age of tv that like you could get get away with anything it's yeah. kind of rock and roll especially your show i mean it was <laughs> naughty it was very naughty do you have yeah. really fond memories of it i've saw the most amazing memories of it but in, do you know what and then um 
you have a few shows after that weren't as successful. And I, that's the first show I did. And it was so, and it was really successful. And I, I wish I'd sort of enjoyed it more. Because when you were on a hot show, and I mean, I suppose like the, you know, the ch chatty man, I mean, towards the chatty man, towards the end sort of lost its way a bit. But in the beginning, it was that energy that you get with... Um, with Chatty Man and stuff. But, I mean, the Friday Night Project, you try and explain to people who don't know it. I mean, having Amy Winehouse as your house band, Lady Gaga as your house band, Kanye West, Mariah Carey, you know, all these people on, you know, and just... It's insane. And it felt like the whole country was tuning in to watch it as well. It was that yeah, time when people did. how the fuck did we get Kanye West on? <laughs> and we... Um, what a lovely bloke, absolutely lovely bloke. And he came on, of course, we, they don't have people like me and Justin in America. So he comes on, I'm like, hello, Kanye. And then Justin's like, all right, my lover, welcome to Friday Night Project. And then he said to his assistant, okay, okay, this is punked. This is punk. come out now. This is punked. This is not a real show. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's a real show. He went, come on, no, 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 this is a joke. This is a joke. He thought it was a wind up because he was like, why would these two be hosting a show? <laughs> and then um, and then there was a miscommunication. And then um, he finally turned up at the studio and we'd done a uh, music video pastiche of his um, songs. And he says he's got a great sense of humour, but his, his songs are, they're not to be touched. And you do not mock his songs. Those songs are there. Uh. Cut to us doing you ain't nothing but a gold dogger <laughs> <laughs> and me, me and justin dressed up as rappers and then like you know, people, i mean this is sexist and i know i'm a feminist but there were people on dog chains we were like, <laughs> this was 2006 yeah disgusting I, I, but i mean it was taking the piss out of but I don't think he knew what gold dogger was. It just went. You over ain't his nothing head. but a gold dogger, and, he's like, <laughs> and his people are like, and he was just. But what? It was really sweet, really lovely. Then Mariah Carey, um, she had her 18th UK number, no, 18th American number one, "Touch My Body," and just invited us for dinner at her place. It was amazing. Just Another name drop, Alan. I know. Melissa, <laughs> what do you want? I, People want the name dropping. No, but it was one of those weird things. It was just, it was such an energy about it. And it was so much fun. And it was a time and place. And yeah, absolutely wonderful. And then you went on to live out, I think, a lot of comedians' dreams. I'm not a comedian, but the chat show for me would be a dream come true. You got a chat show. You were in the lineup with all the other guys. And it was it was massive, and you were interviewing Hollywood stars every week. What what was that like? Because then you're you must have got a lot more famous at that point too, right? Yeah, but the, the thing is, it's um getting your chat show is a dream. I, everything sort of came really early in my career, and I just wonder what I'm, I mean when I'm in Celebrity Big Brother and the Jungle in the next five years. I mean, I've sort of done everything. I've got brought back all these game shows as well. Me epic game show, play your cards, but price, price is right and all that. Strike it lucky. I mean, I'm getting through all my bucket list. I mean, it's got, it can only go down. <laughs> it can only go down. I'll be on Celebrity Pointless next. Um, no, but then, yeah, that was, a, that was amazing having a, a chat show. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just weird. But and then, and then it was like, 
when Kanye West came on um, Friday Night Project, the critics liked it. And I remember we had Rihanna and Justin Timberlake on Chatty Man. And that's when people started taking us seriously. And I mean, they do all that shit where like, oh, boo, it's Graham Norton, Jonathan Ross. They are both friends of mine. I mean, it's all absolutely crap. And listen, I'm just flattered people come on. I mean... I had Britney Spears on mine. That's amazing. She came on my show. I mean, yeah, she wanted to come up. Well, allegedly. I mean, I'm sure it's her people. But it I was mean, pre-censorship, I imagine. So she probably did want to come up. Yeah, yeah. Willingly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She escaped from a cage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, she was so adorable. She was lovely. But, you know, yeah, I do pinch myself. Did you have any really terrible interviews, some really awkward ones? I won't mention the name, but I mean, I've got a crap poker face and they told me, the man come down and said, do not mention his hair. <laughs> so, of course, I'm like, ah! As he comes down, I can't, I can't look at it. I mean, I sort of saw the join, so I guess it was a wig. But you don't say that to me. <laughs> I've got no poker face. hair. <laughs> <laughs> then who else was, um, who else? Everyone's sort of all right, really. I mean, I'm not. Be, I hate that when people go, "Oh, everyone's adorable," because there's some right arseholes on the show. But <laughs> yeah. I can't really. Think. My favourite one is uh, Grace Jones because she, um, she just all she wanted was um, six bottles of red wine and some fresh oysters in her dressing room, <laughs> and she just nailed it all. I thought, oh, great, she's going to be pissed and horny. <laughs> and then I end up getting off with her um, because I'd had some tequila. She nearly killed her boyfriend with tequila. Of course you had, you always got the Yeah, me globe, oh, me globe, yes. yes, yes. And then we'd always do with the globe, we'd say to anyone... Um, it was a bit like Secret Santa. Any crew that went on holiday, cameraman, sound guy, you had a five euro budget and you had to bring something back for the globe. So there was some fucking shit in there, I'll tell you. And then at the end, oh, well, this is, I've been hungover a lot. This is the worst hangover I've ever had. Oh, I was, oh, 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 my God, I was so pissed. I was like slagging off Romish, rung an Athen's eye. <laughs> God, I was like, look at your eye. You got one eye on dim, one eye on dazzle. I was so pissed. He makes that joke, but that's okay. I know he can. <laughs> I love Romesh. I mean, what an arsehole. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, what did I do last night? <gasps> I hosted a chat show. What did I say? And I rang up. Oh my God, the worst fear ever. But this is the worst hangover. On the final chatty man, they'd made a... Um, vodka luge of my face and they were putting um, everything everything in the globe <laughs> down the flume and everyone was just drinking I mean this sounds disgusting now because we live in a post we're still in the middle of Covid but I mean back then just like sucking on an ice tongue of Alan <laughs> and like green fluid, red, blue, shitty, horrible shit <laughs> coming down. And then, I mean, I've never been so hungover because these would all oh, don't. Oh. Anyway, that might just made me sick. But isn't it funny? We live in this world now where can I unhygienic? Everyone just sucking on this ice tongue and then coming down again and again. I'm like, Alan, really? But even then, that wouldn't happen on telly. Now it's changed even since Chatty Man. I think you had so much fun back then. I know. You'd have health and safety. You'd have to have someone sterilising the tongue. Yeah. But now you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, of course, as a judge. Yeah. And that's amazing. Oh, God. I and love you that must show. have fun on that. Oh, that's a lot of fun. That is yeah. so much fun. 
and that that yeah again came at the right time. I mean, everyone's depressed during lockdown and just getting oh my god. And then uh, you know, then I just went off to this secret world in Manchester where you know you spent the whole day with people being very camp and wearing a bit of glitter and the most amazing outfits and it was just oh really pepped me up it was perfect yeah. all covid friendly and all that because i hate those bloody things i know you got to have them but you know it's like a because you know there's michelle visage there's rupaul and then me it looked like being a very gay post office because <laughs> we're all in those little <laughs> boobs that we were the perspex but that, judging people uh, yeah. judging and i do that so well <laughs> you do and have you had a thought about this oh here we go what your drag name your drag queen name what it would be because oh. i've had to think about mine I'm, I'm, my, my, I'm mr winter so it's um, icy winter. I thought would be mine. Oh, the, I the see. cold bitch. Well, I dot see winter or icy yeah, as like in... icy winter, like like cold. I see why. I see. <laughs> yes. I see. No, no, I just was saying. <laughs> You're confusing right. it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what could mine be? You know what's French for shower cap? Bonnie de douche. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good, Bonnie de douche? Bonnie de douche. I love it's it. It's a French. It could work. Because uh, I can see I... the outfit now. Yes, with your little scrubber. Yeah. <laughs> what you call me <laughs> but I feel with that at least I can perform in France now if it's Bonnie de Douche maybe on the Champs-Elysees yes the Lido very classy thank you <laughs> <laughs> I actually performed at the Lido with um, League of Their Own Road Trip oh did you yeah yeah oh god it was so funny but they hadn't told these the tourists there that it wasn't the sexy girls it was me Jamie Redknapp and all that in the <laughs> pants Oh, my God, I've never seen so many people look so pissed off. That, <laughs> these aren't sexy women. Yeah. So, Alan, you, you've got, you know, such a, a wonderful job. What's the secret for you staying on top of what you're doing and staying staying employed so successfully? <laughs> I know. Why do, why do people keep... I mean, I know why, and lot, so well, many people know. But what, in your opinion, why do people keep picking up the phone? Well, I don't know, really. I mean, I feel I'm fair, and uh, no one likes to say they're nice, but I feel I am nice. I mean, you know, I'm not, like, horrible. I mean, you get some... The thing is, people think that... Um, you don't call the shots, people around you call the shots. And, and let's face it, if, if you're trouble, you just don't get employed. You know what it's like. You know, people think that I go in there, BBC, get me a job. I want to host this. You don't. You're very lucky. You got, And you're thankful. And, you know, I'm just thankful. I think you've always got to remember the crappy jobs I've done. You know, I was like packing shampoo, call centre, and I'm always thankful. And I've got this very irrational fear that I'm going to end up back there. So, I mean, I'm always just nice and Feet grateful. on the ground. Yeah, you've yeah. got to really. I mean, what a job. And you get paid for it. I mean, you meet really interesting people. You know, it's just nice. It's nice. It could be a lot worse. You've just got to be thankful. And you know what? It will. It will all end one day. But I'm just enjoying the ride at the minute. Says Alan in a bunker in Soho. I mean, this, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Bit of foliage. This is something someone will do on interior design yeah. and go home. <laughs> on a very low budget. <laughs> oh, it's makes it all funny. What was your question? My question is, people do fun jobs. It's all about uh, jobs that people don't really get to talk about in school. You know, and I'm inspired by alternative ways of life. Mm. And for me, a really, really lovely development of this podcast is is why what you do makes you happy. Why, why is that? How does being Alan Carr, I suppose, make you make you happy? The thing, this is, uh, it's interesting because 
you know, when you're growing up being working class, I didn't sort of know this thing, just job existed. I didn't know where it would come from. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, but I remember we had this uh, middle school, had this computer. You ticked all the boxes and you put it in and then the job came out that was right for you. Mine was prison warden. But <laughs> I must have ticked. You know, too many boxes with men and <laughs> tight spaces. But, um, yeah, so you, you just weren't given any hope. That's the thing. So, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they go, oh, just go for it. You've just got to go for it. Because then, you know, an awful life ain't a dress rehearsal, that crap. But it's bloody true. But, you know, I didn't know these jobs existed. But, you know, another thing as well, I like forensics and stuff. I'd like to be one of those um, people who go to murder scenes. Oh, would you? Oh, my God, I'd love all that. <laughs> I love it. I with love your it magnifying glass. Get with it. You... <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't not say, how... I didn't say a Sherlock Holmes impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes, and then no, me dear stalker, me pipe. No, <laughs> no, I love all that. You know, like when someone stabs someone and then all the blood goes up the wall and then you get your tape measure out and you go, ah, that person was stabbed here. <laughs> I love all that shit. You see, but I, I wasn't taught that at school. Yeah. That wasn't an option. You saw a lot of murders, but you didn't see anyone <laughs> investigating them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so yeah, but you, know, you need to tell people these jobs exist because that's what I find so frustrating. You know, I didn't know this whole world exists. I didn't know this world existed. But as you do, because you have this wonderful job, you do meet people. Go, oh, wow, what an interesting job that is. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't know about it. Yeah. I was only offered call centre work and stuff because I've got no skills. Yeah, and your background was... <laughs> and your ba <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployable. <laughs> but you, you found your skills. You developed them yourself. Yeah, and it's funny. All the things I hated have become my trademark. I hate my teeth, hate my voice, hated wearing glasses. I noticed that in your stand-up. You're very self-deprecating. Is there much well, truth Well, I get in there that? quick. Yeah, before they do. Before they do. But you don't really believe that stuff anymore, right? You've embraced who you I'm are. I'm so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm well fit. Yeah. <laughs> You're a fit. I'm deluded. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Oh, it's flown by. We're going to end on a on a really light one. Oh, I thought it was a song. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, for you, what is the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life for okay. you? Okay. I'm going to give you a quote from someone Greek. I thought, was he Roman? Seneca. Have you heard of Seneca? James, can you back that up? Have you heard of Seneca? Yeah. <laughs> Not Seneca, because that's when you're bunged up downstairs. <laughs> Seneca, the quote, when shall we live if not now? And that's sort of, I read it in the beginning in front of a book somewhere years ago and it sort of stuck with me. And it's sort of my little motto. I might get it I tattooed on my forehead or something. <laughs> but it's true. When shall we live if not now? Am I right or am Be I present. right, Jeremy? Be present. Be um, present. You're so right, Alan. Thank you. It was not a right or wrong answer. It was a, it was a matter no, of I opinion. Like but I love that. that. It's, it's very quite, inspiring. It's quite good, isn't it? It's true. When are we going to live if we're not doing it now? Says Alan in his bunker. <laughs> <laughs> With lovely foliage. Yeah, yeah, lovely. You have to describe what this is because it's kind of something like um, 
people at market put down when they put fruit on, the <laughs> on that bitchy stuff. Just to make it look nice and fresh. Fresh, yeah. yeah. It's the least fresh it's looking bringing, thing. <laughs> bring the outdoors in, but it's quite plastic. Yeah, it's yeah. very plastic. Um, Alan, thank you so much, not only for your time, but for your kindness, not here, but also working with you. You're, you're so lovely to be around. And also, Aww. seeing how you are with members of the public, everyone comes up to you and you, <laughs> you seem to just be consistently lovely to everyone. So oh, please shut up, never change. <laughs> You can't <laughs> say the C word. You can't. <laughs> Alan, thank you so much. Thank you, my love. That was fun. All right, debrief, guys. Did that really just happen? Did I really just have Alan Carr on the podcast? I mean, wow. What an icon and what a lovely person, even if you did call me a, you know, C word. <laughs> Alan Carr, thank you so much for firstly agreeing to come on the podcast, but then to follow through with your promise, show up and give me that time. I mean, that's just amazing. I do apologise that involved me taking you down into a Soho basement with plastic foliage on the walls, but, you know, we move. Did you enjoy what you just listened to? If so, please give the podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts and share it with anyone you think might enjoy it. Clips and the full interview are out on my YouTube channel and socials. Head to mrwinterworld.com for all the links. A big thank you to James Cooley for filming like the pro that he is. Thank you, Rosie Proudfoot, for your help with Alan on the day. As always, thank you to Karina Pithwa and the incredibly helpful team at Runway East Soho for their podcasting studio. The theme music has been originally composed and produced by Alex Bloomfield. And last, but by no means least, thank you for listening, watching and supporting People Do Fun Jobs. I've got so much more good stuff on the way. Stay tuned as Series 2 continues. See you soon, friends. Thanks for listening to Mr. Winters. Let's go!